Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Let me jump into this word now, the book of Acts, great body of work written by a phenomenal man who was, believe it or not, not one of Jesus' disciples. He was not one of the ones that was lucky enough to walk alongside of Jesus. He was not one of the brothers that was sitting at the last uh, supper uh, when Jesus was pouring wine and, and they had a good time. He was not one of those cats. He was not there to actually see Jesus be persecuted and nailed to the cross. He was not there. As a matter of fact, he was a very known physician. He was a doctor, Luke was. And, and if you're familiar with the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he wrote, he is the author of the book of Luke. And many scholars will tell you that the book of Acts is just a continuation of the book of Luke. As a matter of fact, it's one book that pauses and goes to the next part. They just change the names. It's just one big body of work that he wrote. And, and, and some of you all may be like, well, if he wasn't a disciple, how did his book make it into the Bible? The man quit his job to just focus on studying this man, this innocent man that was persecuted, that was killed, that died a guiltless death for you and I. He spent his entire life literally going to the places that Jesus was, interviewing people who had firsthand accounts of of what happened with Jesus. He went and spent tons of money, resources, time, and energy to understand this man called Jesus. And he took the stories that matched. I mean, we're talking about years and years, decades, if you will, of research and information and took all of these facts and put it together in this book. But he didn't stop there. He continued to tell the stories like, okay, okay, here's Luke part. Here's my story from what I gather from everybody about who Jesus was. But now I want to share with you all a book. And I'm going to call it the Acts of the Apostles because when Jesus died and went up, they didn't stop. See, the gospel was the setup for what Jesus wanted. And thank God for this physician who decided, no, somebody has to capture what happened after Jesus left. Because there was something, that's when it really started. That's when the turn up turned up. It was after he departed the earth. And Luke was the only one that had mind enough to capture that and record it so you and I could have the same blueprint as to what Jesus wants us to do. Imagine, if you will, what the gospel would look like at your job. What does the gospel look at like at the gym you work out? Oftentimes, I want to go up to the front counter at the gym where I work out and say, hey, y'all mind putting on this gospel, this music right here? 
I believe that while we're on a treadmill and elliptical, somebody can get saved in the workout. I mean, what if we just totally saturated the places that we go to regularly with the gospel of Jesus Christ? How many lives could really be changed? It's interesting. This, this, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, I did four shows at Churchill Grounds. And uh, before uh, we did the introduction, because this band came from D.C., and myself and one other guy, was lo- we're the only locals. And, and, and so before they knew what I did outside of music, we only talked about music. And then one of them finally came up, had the courage to say, man, what else do you do besides this? You said you don't gig as much. I says, I'm a full-time pastor. That totally changed the whole conversation. As a matter of fact, they normally don't pray before they start playing, but they asked me to offer prayer before we started performing in front of the people. You see... You take the gospel wherever you go, and lives can and will be changed. As a matter of fact, I was introduced from that point on as a pastor uh, of a church. That, you know, it, 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 it's amazing that when you take the gospel to where you are, instead of just keeping it here for yourself on Sunday morning in these four walls, what can happen to other people? And that was the mission that Jesus had. And I'm going to share that with you today. I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis of what we'll be covering. Now, the book of Acts is 28 chapters long. So obviously, we can't cover 28 chapters in the summer. We just can't. We just wouldn't be able to do it. We wouldn't be able to cover 28 chapters in the summer. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do part one this summer, and then some point later on this year or 2016, I'm going, to, I'm going to bring you part two, and that'll cover the last part. So we're going to do half over the summer as much as we can, and then we'll come back to it. This is a different type of series uh, that, I'm, that I'm doing for you all, but this is that important that I get this message in your hands. Let me give you a summary of what the book of Acts is. If we look at what Acts is, it's, it's really, watch this, it's, it's, a, it's a history sort of telling. It's all about the church, Right? The church as it was historically, this is what the book of Acts is about. The church as it was historically. It's about the church as it should be theologically, right? What we should be getting in our systems theologically, watch this, about the church as it can be potentially. What the church can be potentially. Many, many would say that although there are 28 chapters in the book of Acts, we, you and I, Mosaic Church and every other church here in America across the world, we are Acts 29. If you read Acts, if you, if you just start at the book of Acts and read 28, you'd be like, hold on, it ends like that? It's like watching a good movie with a sucky ending, right? That left you hanging like, come on. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all, y'all watch these series, Son of, Sons of Anarchy, The Wire. Uh, I can go on and on. Y'all know these great series that we watched that had these terrible endings like, y'all going to leave me like that? Did he die? Didn't he die? Did he make it? What's good? (laughs) And this is what happens with the book of Acts in Acts 28. It seems like it's incomplete, but it's not. We're Acts 29. We're we're the continuation of of the book of, of Acts. So if we understand Acts, it's about the church as it was historically, the church as it should be theologically, the church as it can be potentially. And this is what God desires. But there's one main character that stands out in this beautiful body of literature. That one main character is not the church. The main character in this beautiful body of literature 
is none other than the Holy Spirit. I don't talk often about the Holy Spirit, but today we're going to spend some time becoming very intimate with the Holy Spirit. Our scripture reading today comes from Acts 1 and 8. You find these words. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're going to, read, you're going to see through this body of work how the Holy Spirit is all up in this book, all up in the people in this book, all up in the churches, all up in the communities. The Holy Spirit is the main character of the entire book of Acts. And we're going to focus on who he is. In, in, in this particular scripture, that word Greek is dunamis. It is the very word that the word dynamite comes from. And what do y'all know about dynamite? Dynamite is what? Explosive. Dynamite is something that is explosive, that, that blows stuff up. And we are supposed to have that same power of the Holy Spirit to blow some stuff up. Now, I'm not talking about destructive, but I'm talking about stuff that binds us. I'm talking about stuff that holds us down. I'm talking about walls that separate us. That's the type of power that the Holy Spirit gives us when it is in us and we've uh, attached to it, connect to it. Dunamis. That's the power that they're talking about. The very word that dynamite comes from. Watch this. I got some great news for you. And then we're going to jump into who the Holy Spirit is. The Bible says in Acts 1 and 8, this is what Jesus says to his disciples. And you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Here's the good news. We don't have to wait like the disciples we got it now because of what Jesus sacrificed. They had to wait. They were sent to the upper room. They had to stay in this room. They couldn't leave. There's about 120 of them in one room. They had to stay there. That was the instruction that Jesus gave them. He says, don't leave until the Holy Spirit comes and I'm going to send him. When the Holy Spirit comes, that's when you will receive the power. But I want to tell you all something right now. You have the power. There was a song that came out in the 90s that says, I got the power. And I want to tell you all today, you have the power. Y'all remember CNC Music Factory? You have the power. You don't have to wait for it. You just have to accept it. And what happens is we let too much stuff that's in the real world stop us from embracing the wonderful thing, the wonderful person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I got two main points that I want to share about the Holy Spirit and within each main point, there are some sub points. All right. We're going to school today, y'all. Say we're going to school today. Yes, yes. Y'all going to learn some Greek today. Y'all learn one word. I got another Greek word for you coming up. The Holy Spirit. This is the first note I want you to get. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Godhead or the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is the third person. And I'm, I'm emphasizing that word person. He's the third person person in the Godhead or the Trinity. He is, number one, your first sub point, he is our helper. 
at your first sub point. He is our helper. Watch this. John 14, 26 says this. But when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. I want you all to catch this. He is our helper. But when the father sends the advocate, an advocate is the helper. Uh, The word uh, advocate in Greek is parakletos, parakletos. That's the word for advocate. And that word is really two words put together. Para means, uh, means alongside, and the word kletos means to walk. Para means alongside. Kleto means to walk. And, 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 the, and, and, and so when, when he says the advocate, para kletos, is, is the helper, this is good, who's going to come alongside of you no matter where you go or what you're doing to help you navigate this thing called life. The Holy Spirit, he is our helper. He, 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 he's an assistant. He is a, a, a one who provides aid when you need it. He's the one who provides healing when you need it. He's your comforter. Many names to describe the Holy Spirit, comforter, helper, advocate. He is there. How many of you know, if you, if you know anything about court, when you're in court, you need an advocate. When you're being judged, you need an advocate. And, and I want to tell you, in the United States of America and other parts of this world, you are being judged, so you need an advocate. I'm preaching this morning already. I'm, I'm just feeling it in my spirit. He is your advocate when you're being judged. So when you're being judged by your peers, when you're being judged by the world, he is the one to say, uh-uh, baby, not that one. He and she, they are chosen because they have the indwelling thing called the Holy Spirit, the indwelling person called the Holy Spirit. He is your advocate. He is your helper. That's good news for me because I just want to tell you something. I had a rough week this past week. Wasn't my best week emotionally and, and just, 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 just really going through some personal challenges, just in, in moments of feeling defeated and just not, you know, we all have that, right? When you look over life, like, man, I thought I would be like kind of like here, but I'm, I'm like here and I still got a long way to go to get to here. You know, I feel like I'm that, how many of y'all remember the prices, right? When they had the, you go up there and you had the little thing that climbs up, the little really, really slow. You know what I'm talking about? And I feel like I'm him, but I'm going really slow. And I see up there, that is where the, 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 the prize is, but I'm going really slow. And every now and again, I get the wrong answer and then I'm paused or I end up going backwards. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? But that's when I begin to ask the Holy Spirit, you said you're going to be my helper and I need you to help me feel better. I need you to help me understand. I need you to help me find where I can get some wisdom. I need your help. Help, Holy Spirit. And do you know that he helps? Because when I was feeling that way, oh, boy, social media could be a terrible thing sometimes. But sometimes it could be a wonderful thing. I was feeling that way, and I just started to scroll through social media, and I saw somebody post and said, man, that was a great message you shared on Sunday. That really blessed my life. Oh, man, that felt really good. And then, and then, then I got a call. Uh, one of the things we want to do at this church is uh, we adopted uh, Harmony Leland Elementary. And one of the things I want to do is continue to feed kids. That's just education and children. That's just my whole thing. And I want to start a brand new program called Backpacks and a Blessing, where each kid would go home every weekend with a backpack full of food. 
And I'm just going to be honest with you all. We can't do it. We don't have any money to do it. We're barely floating here. I'm just being honest with you. So I'm like, God, if I'm going to do this, you know, it's going to come from you. And I'm defeated. I'm feeling down. I, you know, I'm, how am I going to do this, God? Somebody says, apply for a grant. I don't even know the first word. Do you say, uh, dear so-and-so on a grant? Or is how do you write it? I don't know how you write a grant. You know, hello, my name is, to whom it may concern. I don't know how you started. I just don't know. I says, I'm just going to write a letter like, hey, yo, check this out. My name is so-and-so. This is what we're doing. This is my heart. I don't know how to write a grant. I just wrote the thing and sent it to these people. They, they sent their email back. Hey, we got your request. Um, here's the deal. You know, we, 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 we need more information. I'm like, all right, cool. Here's some more information. You know, sent me an email back. Okay, good. We, we still need some more information. Sent it back. Thank you. Thank you for your expedient reply, Reverend Santiago. We need a little bit more information. By this time, I'm like, my wife is over. What is wrong? Why are you so, you know, in the stumper? What's wrong with you? I says, baby, I want to just bless these kids. And I tried this grant thing, and I know I messed it up because I, I don't even know how to write one. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a slideshow. I don't know. And she's like, uh, well, why do you say that? says, because they keep asking me questions. So obviously they're getting ready to tell me no. I mean, we're not going to get no money for these, pe- for these kids to help them out. They don't want to help me. So then all of a sudden, uh, that same day, I missed the call. My phone has been acting up. Vibrator wasn't working. Phone wasn't ringing. And I just happened to look on the phone, saw I missed the call, didn't see the number, I didn't recognize. Checked the voicemail, lady from the organization says, hello, Reverend Santiago, this is so-and-so from so-and-so, and uh, I went to your website, and, and we have your address, it's P.O. Box 1062 is your mailing address, and you guys meet at the school. Well, anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and mail the check. I'm going to mail the check to the P.O. Box, and that check will cover at least 30 kids for one full year. I said, Holy Spirit, help me. And Holy Spirit said, I got you, baby. How many of y'all know the Holy Spirit is real? I need to start praying that kind of prayer for me. God, I just need a little bit of money in my pocket. But he don't answer that fast for me. He just, you know, if I'm going to do something for somebody else, he'll turn up. Anyway, come on, y'all. That's good stuff. He is a helper. Watch this. He is our teacher. He is our teacher. That's the second point of the sub point. He is our teacher. Watch this. But when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, and this is the part that, that's, that's really good. John reminds us who the advocate is. That is the Holy Spirit. He, not it, not that spooky thing, not the ghost. You know, I think, I think the early church ruined us by calling it the Holy Ghost because we know ghosts are spooky except for Casper, Right? Or the little, even the ones on Pac-Man are spooky, the little ghosts on Pac-Man. Oh, yeah, I ain't never played no arcades? Come on, man. <laughs> but, but he will teach you. He is the Holy Spirit, just so you know that. Everything, and will remind you of everything I have told you. Wow, that's good. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. He is our teacher. Watch this. A lot of people don't pray because they don't know how. What is the proper way to pray? What is, is there etiquette? What's the first word I say? Uh, uh, you know, how do I pray? And, and, and the Bible tells us 
Watch this. Teacher. He's a teacher. He's a teacher. The Bible tells us that when we don't have the words ourselves to pray, the Holy Spirit is mumbling and grumbling on our behalf. He is teaching us how to pray. In other words, he's saying, don't get up there doing no mumbo jumbo. But if you don't know what to say, you got a song in your heart, start humming it. Huh? You got a word in your heart, start humming it. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need to pray. I don't know what to say. Send those grumblings and mumblings that the Bible talks about that you have in us so that I can pray unto you. Because right now I don't have the words. He is our teacher. That is good news. Where, where we lack wisdom, the Holy Spirit is there to provide it. He is our teacher. And it says he. Here's the other thing I want to share with you. The third subpoint on the Holy Spirit. He is our God. He is our God. The Holy Spirit is. Is his descriptive name. When we, when we look at the, the, the description, he, the Holy Spirit is his descriptive name. If, if we look at the God Trinity, the Godhead, God the Father, that's one descriptive. God the Son, that's another descriptive. God is the Son. And here's the third one. God as the Holy Spirit. That's his descriptive name. He got other descriptive names. The Prince of Peace, the Great I Am, uh, uh, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah uh, Nisi. Uh, he, he's got other descriptives that describe the work that he does in, in you and I. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the descriptive name. What does that mean, Pastor? Be break that down. I got that part. Now, 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 open that up for me. The Holy Spirit is God in the Spirit, where He once sent His Son in the flesh, but the Spirit is now indwelling in you and I. In other words, where the disciples had to wait on Him. We don't have to wait because he ascended already to heaven, sent the advocate for you and I, and the advocate is indwelling, but you have to believe that you already possess the power of the Holy Spirit within you. We already have the this Holy Spirit within us. What we need to do is begin to tap in to what's already in our bodies, what's already in us. Watch this. I'm about to mess y'all up here. You know why we don't tap into the spirit that is already within us? Because we see the Holy Spirit as a ghost. And I just want to offer this. I, I just, I just want to offer this. If we don't today change our perspective of who the Holy Spirit is, if we don't see the Holy Spirit as a person, it's impossible to have a personal relationship. And you cannot tap into the indwelling spirit within you until you see the Holy Spirit as a person and not a thing or an it or a ghost. Y'all follow? Y'all getting that in your system? You cannot have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit until you see it hit him as a person and not a it or that or a ghost. He is already within us. We just have to tap into what's already been planted inside of us. Amen. Y'all walking with me? Y'all still with me? Y'all here? All right. 
Here's the second main point. The Holy Spirit empowers believers for service and reconciliation. What does that mean? Reconciliation. God's mission here on earth is to reconcile people that are far away from him and bring them back into relationship with him. It's to reconcile people who've given up on the church and in essence given up on God. I keep saying that for a reason because many people are fooled believing that I don't have to go to church to still believe in God. You are absolutely right. Even atheists, I mean not atheists, but even the devil believes in God. He knows he exists, but he doesn't, he's not in the church. You have to be part of, listen, if you believe in God and love God, then you have to love his mission. And his mission has everything to do with the church. Please understand, this is how the New Testament goes. You got four gospels, and then there was work they did in establishing the church. And everything after the book of Acts, with the exception of the book of Revelation, is all about church. Every letter that Paul wrote was to a church. Everything that they talked about was building up a church. So how in the world can you say you love God but not love his mission, which is to build up a church? Y'all tell somebody that that's not in church. Because that is factual. There's no such thing as a growing Christian outside of the fellowship of believers that, that, that will walk with them, that will pray with them, that will love with them, that will be there for them in a time of need. There's no such thing as a growing Christian outside of a loving relationship in a church community. So when I see all in the news, all on social media, all over the world, that the local church is dying... And there's a new denomination called none. And here's, here's what I mean. These are the people who you check your religious affiliation. Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Buddha, Jewish, none. And they say the fastest growing denomination or religion or identifier, if you will, is none. And I say that's a lie. That's a lie. That is a big lie. When you see, 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 if there was truth to that, then ISIS wouldn't exist. I'm just being honest. If there was truth to that, then ISIS wouldn't exist. ISIS exists to destroy what God is already building up. Oh, I'm preaching this morning. ISIS exists to destroy Christians. As a matter of fact, they, they feel that their word is power enough to convert people, so I'm just going to kill you or threaten you that I'll kill you if you stop believing, if you don't stop believing in this Jesus stuff. They're threatened by what God is doing in the world. Uh, in China, they, they, that's the fastest growing area of our faith. House churches are being established daily. As a matter of fact, they are the fastest growing area of Christianity throughout the world. Right now, they uh, calculate over, over 1.8 million or more house churches occurring in China. But the church is dying. And none is becoming the known denomination. And the thing is, the places that I mentioned... Over there in the Middle East and China, you know what compels them to keep going? 
They read the book of Acts. And the book of Acts told them, listen, if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to face some persecution. It may cost you your life to say you love Jesus. But they're okay with that. In Egypt, they're okay with that. In parts of Africa, they're okay with that. But in free America, where we can go wherever we want, I can have the fish on the back of my car and get a tattoo of the fish on my wrist. I can say I love Jesus on my forehead. I can wear all kind of Christian stuff wherever I want, but I refuse to share the gospel because I'm afraid somebody's going to judge me. We're concerned about being judged, but these people over there, they have to deal with death for saying they love Jesus. We got it. Get it together. And this is why I want to stay in this book of Acts this summer, because I refuse to pastor a church that will just sit and let stuff happen in this world. I refuse to pastor a church where people call themselves Christians, but don't look like what the book of Acts looks like. I refuse to pastor a church where people just want to be a part of something because it's cool. I refuse to pastor a church with a bunch of people that want to just sit around and be a part of a club. I want to pastor people that are hungry for Christ like the people in the book of Acts that will literally count the cost, risk it all to get out there and share the gospel. That's who I want to pastor this morning. And I'm desperate. I'm desperate for every single person to get that. I'm so desperate. But listen, you know why I get frustrated? Because I'm not sure And this may not be for you. It may be for some people that are not here. I don't know. But I'm not sure that we all believe that we have this indwelling spirit within us. I'm just not confident that we've embraced and accepted the Holy Spirit within our lives enough. Because I, I just think that there's just so much more that we can be doing With all that God has already given us. Um, This is not a judgment sermon. It's not. But I just feel that we are missing it. And I say we because I'm included in that. I've got a lot of growing up to do. We've got a lot of growing up to do as Christians. But if I'm going to pastor, I want us to be so hungry for people in, in, in in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our communities, In this nation in Atlanta, I want us to be so hungry that we count the cost, risk it all, and go after them to make a difference in their life. Not because we want to add a boy, a pat on the back, but because we want to make a difference. I told the people about this backpack for blessing. I said, I don't want Mosaic's name on it. It's because it's not about it. People always say, you know, you guys do a lot, but I don't hear a lot about you. That's cool because we're not bragging about what we're doing. The only time I'm going to brag is when it comes to Jesus. Anytime the Holy Spirit does something amazing, I'm going to brag. But I'm not going to brag about stuff we do because we're supposed to do it. Trips me out when I see guys, you know, taking their kids out. Oh, I had ice cream with my kid today. When was the last time you did that? Last year. So why you want points now? You dress your baby up to go outside just to show off, but you're not spending quality time with them every single doggone day of their lives. When was the last time you sat and went to a PTA doggone meeting? I'm going to preach that another day. I'm just sick and tired of it, y'all. We need to get it together. I'm just, I'm just, ah. We got to do more. Okay, okay, let me get to this next point. We got to get out of here. The Holy Spirit empowers believers for service and reconciliation. Here's the three areas, and this is all in the book of Acts, and we're going to cover all of it. The three areas. 
of service and reconciliation, for the establishment of the church. If we look at the book of Acts, Acts 1 and 8, I I can't see time, so somebody got to kind of let me know. Okay, thank you. Uh, If we look at the book of Acts, Acts 1 and 8, they didn't receive the power to go out, build a church, and shield. They didn't. They didn't receive the power to go out, start a club, and say, look at us. They didn't get the power to just call themselves Christians. They got the power, and you'll learn later on when we get to the next part. Next week, we're going to talk about this, that when the power came upon them, the numbers grew to thousands instantaneously. It was one of those situations where, who this is good. Sort of like, you know, like when you're making breakfast sometimes for your kids and you're in a rush and you got that instant oatmeal and it says just add water and bow, you got breakfast. It was one of those situations where it's like just add the Holy Spirit, add some holy water to that, and I'll do the rest. And that's exactly what happened. Holy Spirit came upon them. They gave Peter the mic. He dropped some verses. He dropped about, I don't know, maybe more than eight bars, maybe 24 bars. And next thing you know, thousands of people claimed Jesus Christ that day. Why? It wasn't because Peter was that dope of a preacher. It wasn't because Peter dropped that many bars. It was because the Holy Spirit spoke on his behalf. We had never heard of preacher Peter preaching before that moment. And all of a sudden, the first time we hear him, they give the brother the mic. All of a sudden, thousands of people become Christians. Had nothing to do with Peter. Had everything to do with what was in him. The Holy Spirit. Good. That's good news. I'm preaching. I'm a rapper right here. I see you. I see you. I know you're ready to sing. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Here we go. Second point. This is good. For the edification of the community of believers. Empowers believers for service and reconciliation. For one, for the establishment of the church. For two, for the edification of community of believers. I know that's a really, really churchy word, edification. Oh, if I just be edified. You know, I never knew what the word meant. Until I preached it. And it's a great, great word. It's easy to figure out what the word means. Because if, if, if you follow and look and see buildings go up and they call them edifices, building, edifices, edification means to build up. The Holy Spirit is in us to build up other believers. It's to build us up so that we can do the work of building the kingdom up. Ooh, God, I'm preaching. That's a good word this morning. We're to be built up to build the kingdom up. Not to be built up to build ourselves up. Not to be built up to just do more for just us. I said before in the past, look over your life. If you're the only benefactor of all that God has given you, then you got it wrong, baby. There needs to be others that benefit from all that God has blessed you with. This is why the Holy Spirit is in us to be built so that we can be building up other believers. Watch this. And it says a community of believers. They started with 120. Holy Spirit came up on them. They left the room. All of a sudden, there was thousands later. They built up a community. They sold stuff, shared stuff. I'm preaching next week already. I'm just giving y'all a head start on it. I'm preaching next week already. They sold stuff, uh, shared stuff. I mean, they lived in each other's houses. If somebody had land and somebody was hungry, they said, I'm going to sell the land. Now, you got what I got. We got the same stuff. 
Because what I used to be doesn't matter. Who I am now, that matters. And I want you to be, since we're the same people, since you and I are Christians, since you and I believe in the same God, since you and I are together and we're part of this thing called the way, I want to make sure that you are taken care of, baby. That's community. That's community. How many, and I, you know, I, I, I'm messing with you a little bit, and then I'm going to go to this third point real quick. But how many times do you call somebody that attends this church during the week just to say, hey, how you doing? Somebody called me out on that, and I appreciate it because that's true. Somebody, you know, they didn't like, oh, man, you need to call me. But they just let me know, like, you know, to hear from you during the week would really help my week. And I, and I hit that person up, just a text message saying, hey, I mean, literally, I didn't even type it. I just talked to Siri, and Siri got it right this time. Sometimes she is not always accurate. Y'all know that, right? Sometimes she'll cuss, and you didn't even cuss. I'm serious. And so I talked to Siri. I texted the Siri message saying, hey, you know, just checking on you. How you doing today? Everything is well. That person responded saying, yo, that's so sweet of you. That made my day. Thank you so much for checking in on me. That makes me, you know, made, her, made that person feel good. How many of us are doing that just with this community? I'm not, I'm not, please, please, if I step on your toes, just say ouch, but silently, because I don't want to judge you. We need to do that. And, I, and, and, and listen, I'm guilty of it too, because we get too busy doing nothing that matters. I know your job matters because it provides a paycheck, but it's not as long-lasting as what you pour into somebody else's spirit. God, thank you, Lord. Finally, for the service and outreach empowers believers for service and reconciliation, for the establishment of the church, for the edification of the community of believers, for service and outreach. They didn't stop there. They didn't get the word that day. Peter didn't preach his best award-winning sermon that day, and people came to Christ, and that was it. They kept building churches. How do I know? Well, here's the proof. Because after the book of Acts, we, we go into Romans. Well, what is Romans? Well, that was a letter that Paul wrote to this group of people that was there. Then, then we go to some other, we go to 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and they say there's other, there's like at least four more, you know. And these are letters that Paul wrote to churches. Why? They were doing outreach, sharing the gospel, building up the kingdom of God. Y'all following me here? They were serving others and sharing the gospel. Here's what I want to tell you, and I'm going to end it here. When the Holy Spirit comes alive in us, and this is my greatest prayer, is that the Holy Spirit will come alive in each and every one of us. Because what I know right now, the Holy Spirit is in us, but y'all letting it go to sleep. He's on night-night. And in some of us, he's dead. He's in a coma, dead. And my biggest prayer is that the Holy Spirit, the indwelling spirit, that he would come alive in you all today. Because here's what I know. When the Holy Spirit comes alive in us, listen, when the Holy Spirit comes alive in us, oh, this is good. God is glorified. Our identity is clarified. Our community is unified. Our lives are electrified. Our past is rectified. And the spiritual adversary is terrified. Man, I feel like I want to do something like this and just, you know, throw some Holy Spirit in you. Real talk. I pray that the Holy Spirit becomes alive in each and every one of us. 
Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.